Everybody is so glad you could join us again. It's another great day to be alive, and uh, I'm looking forward to reading and reflecting on God's Word with you again. Let's pray. God, we're grateful for today, for another day of life, um, and for the realization that the air in our lungs and the, the beating of our hearts is evidence that you're with us, that you're for us. Um, and that you want us to experience another day of life with you. So we ask that as we read today, uh, we would experience that life that you promise um, and that we would carry that out, that life out into the world with us to give it away to others. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're going to read all of Exodus chapter 2. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew of one of his own people. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked them, Why have you returned so early? They answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he? Ruel asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zephorah to Moses in marriage. Zephorah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. 
So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. We touched on the story of Moses a little bit yesterday, but today really marks the beginning uh, as we look um, in the entirety of Exodus chapter 2. In Moses, I think we see the kind of uh, person who we see every day in our world today. He was a man who many would call a good person, and yet a person whose goodness wasn't necessarily grounded in God. He was a man with a heart of justice, a man who loved his people and was willing to fight for them. And yet he operated in his own strength. And as we just witnessed, his own strength eventually ran out. Moses was a Hebrew, one of God's chosen people. From the age of a toddler, perhaps, he had grown up in the royal house of a pagan society. We don't know for sure, but it seems fair to believe that he knew little to nothing about the God of the Hebrew people by the time he was a grown man. Uh, Perhaps only what the average American knows about an immigrant Muslim, Buddhist, or Hindu, which, uh, let's be honest, if you're like me, is a vague understanding at best. Uh, Yet by the time he was grown, he still knew his race and heritage, and his heart was soft to the issues of oppression and injustice. In fact, he had a heart of justice and apparently hands of justice too, as we read that he killed an Egyptian who was beating a Hebrew. It's important for me, at least, that we don't just gloss over this. I find that when I read the Bible, sometimes I can just, uh, you know, jump from one sentence to the next without really considering the meaning. But it's really important here that we get this. Now, I I consider myself to be a fairly passionate person, uh, but I'm also reserved with the things that I'm passionate about. Um, I imagine that that's got to be due to some combination of personality and self-consciousness. But regardless, I'm not like Moses. I, I mean, think about it. He was so impassioned that he killed someone. We've all heard of uh, people snapping, but I don't think that's what happened here. I mean, look at the text. Verse 12 said that Moses made sure that the coast was clear before he did what he did. Uh, Like all of us, I imagine there have been times where uh, I've been pretty mad. I, I, I think the thing that gets under my skin the most is when I see adults, um, abusing their kids, hitting their kids, cursing at them, whatever, in public. And there have been a couple of times in my life when I've felt the urge to get between them and ask the adult what in the world they were thinking. Like, don't you see that this child is only three years old? I'm fairly confident in saying that I've never been in a situation where I become so angry that I physically assaulted someone. At least I can't remember that. But I can tell you for 100% certainty that I've never killed anybody. Think of how enraged you'd have to be, how, how deeply you'd have to feel something to decide that the only fair treatment is to end another person's life. And that's what Moses did. Uh, like so many people today who do good things, Moses' desire for justice was good. But he brought justice his way. And his way got him in over his head. When he heard that his secret sin was out, he ran. And he ran far, far away. 
As you reflect on Moses' story as we know it so far, what captures your attention? And how might God be nudging you in your own life based on his life? For me, I see the unbreakable power of God in the life of a man who had little awareness of him. I mean, by the end of the chapter, things feel downright sad for Moses, don't they? I mean, he gives his firstborn son a name that essentially means I'm alone and far away from home. He has no connection anymore to his birth family, no connection to his people, and he's wanted for murder in his home city. He's a man, not just without a home, but in some ways without an identity. Even so, think about how he got here. He was uh, protected at birth by his parents, uh, stashed away in a basket uh, along one of the largest rivers in the world, found by the princess of Egypt and saved by the princess of Egypt, who, by the way, knew the law and could have drowned him immediately. Then that princess got a Hebrew woman to nurse Moses, who just happened to be his birth mother, and paid her to do it. And then he grew up in the most luxurious home of the most powerful family in the entire kingdom. Even when he ran from Egypt because of his mistake, he was adopted into Ruel's family. He was given a wife and he was blessed with a son. Not, not too bad of a life, all things considered, considering that the odds were stacked against him from the first day of his existence. Regardless of where you are on your journey of faith right now, I hope this encourages you. God is constantly at work in our world, and he's constantly protecting and preserving people according to his grace, mercy, and will. The events and the heroes of the Old Testament uh, are brought into clear focus for us when we view them through the lens of Jesus and the gospel. I imagine that few of us have had the cards stacked against us like Moses did. Few of us have had to face such difficult circumstances in our physical bodies in order to survive. And yet, if you're like me, then you can see yourself in Moses when you consider your spiritual body, your, your soul. I don't remember a time not believing in God, but for many of my growing up years, I lived as though he didn't exist, or at least as though I didn't want him to exist. I, I put my spiritual life on the line time and time again with thoughts and actions and speech that hurt others and myself. I, I manipulated relationships in pursuit of my own desires. I took my life into my own hands and was in danger of dying in the deepest way possible. And yet there was God in the person of Jesus pursuing me, even though I didn't know it, even though I couldn't see him. Not because of who I was, but because of who he was. And in fact, who he is. He didn't pursue me because I deserved it, but because he wanted me to live and not to die. I encourage you to take some time today to look back on your life. Now, if you don't consider yourself to be a person of faith, or if you're just not sure about the God of the Bible, I encourage you to 
count your blessings. And what I mean by that is to just start making a list of all of the coincidences from your life. In other words, what are the things that have worked out for your good, even though you've had nothing to do with them? Are there any close calls that you've survived or hard times that you've made it through? What do you think about those? Is it possible that there's a loving God who wants to be with you and has been working all along to show you that? And if you consider yourself to be a believer, uh, then I encourage you to think about the source of Moses' sin, being good without God. Good without God. Is there an area of life that fits that phrase? Or maybe is there an area of your life uh, where you're feeling overwhelmed right now because you've been going without God? attempting to handle things in your own strength? If so, how might he be inviting you to sync back up with him? I just want to end today by saying I love you guys. I love this journey that we're on together. And I have so much respect for you for being uh, brave enough to take time each day to reflect on these important issues and to open yourself to being led by God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this moment uh, to press pause, to receive from you what you have for us. And we pray that uh, you would go before us into this day, um, that you would walk with us, that you would lead us, that you would nudge us um, in the way that we should go. Pray that you would help us to carve out uh, some time to just pause and think further um, and consider the good news that you have for us. Um, in, in whatever spot we are on our journey of faith. Again, I just thank you for these friends and ask your blessing on their lives uh, this day and each day. In Jesus' name, amen.